Welcome back to another episode of Tips from the Pros. On this episode, I interview Sherrod Mehta, the CEO and founder of RE Simply. This is the ultimate CRM. We use it day in and day out. We've been using it for a few months now, and I love the CRM. It literally takes care of if you're a wholesaler, it's got automations, it's got drip campaigns. You manage your calls, your text messaging, everything from this one CRM as well as if you're a flipper, manages all your projects, your numbers. I mean, it's got, it's pretty much integrated with QuickBooks. It's an incredible CRM. And we spent the first half of the interview going over his whole experience as a real estate investor. He gave some amazing insight into marketing, into how to find mentors, how to find coaches, mindset, so many things. And then the second half, we talked about the CRM, the features, all the benefits of it. And for just you listeners, there's a special discount code. So stick to the end so you make sure you get that discount when you get the CRM because you will not regret having the CRM as part of your business. So with that being said, let's get into the show. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. So Sherrod Mehta, welcome to an investor's journey. Tips from the pro, sir. Thank you for doing this with us. Thank you for having me, man. I am excited to be on the show, I'm excited to be, you know, on this on this uh, interview with you. Sorry, we have to reschedule the first time, and we delayed this one by 30 minutes. So, but no, I'm excited. It's definitely going to be worth it. Uh, I'm excited about getting into everything, especially the the CRM. I, you know, I've told you already that I think it's amazing. So, I'm excited to get into all of that. But I like starting off every interview the same way. Is let me know what is it that got you into real estate investing above everything else? Like what made you want to get into real estate? Yeah, for me, uh, you know, so a bit of background. I used to be an accountant. Um, I was a CPA. I was working for one of the the large accounting firm, Ernst & Young. You know, I was enjoying my job. I mean, not crazy about it. But, you know, while I was working, um, you know, I wanted to uh, do something on the side. So I was doing a lot of investing in stocks and bonds. And I absolutely sucked at it. Like it was every stock that I picked was a loser. Uh, so I started looking at other options and and I've always been in personal finance, also a huge follower of Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. And then I used to follow these uh, personal finance blogs, uh, The Simple Dollar and a couple of other ones. I don't remember, remember the names. So one of the blogs that I was reading had you know, the comment section is always more exciting, you know, than mm -hmm. the actual blog. So I was reading the comment section and somebody had posted a link to a book called Flip. Um, so I clicked on it. It took me to Amazon, um, you know, and, and that's like a whole, you know, rabbit hole. And then when I clicked on it, you know, another 
suggested books popped up, which was the millionaire real estate investor. And it just, there was something about the title or whatnot. It just like, you know, I, I gravitated towards it. I read the book and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So that's kind of how I got started. The goal was passive income, you know, or just be more in control of my, my life, my hours, you know, my, my schedule, my time. Wow. So, so did you ever read the book flip? I did. Yeah. Okay. And, and after, know, yeah, after I read the millionaire real estate investor, then I read the book flip. Yeah. It's actually very funny um, that you kind of got started that way. Cause I grew up in construction and I, I remember wanting to get into real estate investing after I've renovated a few houses for investors. And I realized what, oh my goodness, you can actually make money doing what I do on the physical labor side. Um, right. And, and I asked my wife at the time, cause I was living in Argentina. I had to go back to Argentina and I asked her to get me some books on real estate. And the one that I told her to get me was the one by, uh, Donald Trump, who at the time wasn't president. So no, you know, nobody hated him yeah. at the time, um, <laughs> and, but he had written the book on real estate investing one oh one. So I was like, well, he's the biggest real estate investor I know. And right. she ended up getting me that one and rich dad, poor dad. Which I oh, never yeah. even heard of Rich Dad yeah. Poor Dad. I didn't, you right. know, she brings me this book and I see like this like purple cover book. I was like, what the hell is this? I you was know. like, who's this, you know, some Chinese guy? I was like, what is this? Like, I'm, you know, yeah. like never heard of this. Um, and she says it came highly recommended. And I, till this day, I still never read the Donald Trump Real Estate Investing 101 book. Oh, really? <laughs> I started with Rich no. Dad and it just took off from there. I still never read that Donald Trump book. So yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's funny, man. Like sometimes you read these books and you know, you don't, you don't realize what impact that book will have on you. Mm. Uh, but now like some of the things I do in my business, my real estate business, my software business. And, and when I think about like, why do I do things the way I do? I'm like, Oh no, I can't believe like it's the book that I read, you know, and I'm still kind of living what the yes. book talks. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like some of those books, you read them and you know, they're like, just have such a huge impact. I mean, you don't get like an epiphany or something, but it's just like your, your thought process changes. So that was one of the books. And then, you know, it led to other books and I got, you know, uh, I found bigger pockets. I got very active there. Uh, mm. you know, like any, any question that I had, like, you know, from 2009, then is when I started investing, I would just go there, you know, read up a lot, ask questions, and then just learn from there. So yeah, it was a very interesting journey. And after that, after you read that book and everything, like what really got you into your first investment? Like how, how did you, how did that first investment come about for you? Uh, the first investment I bought, I still own that property. Uh, it's a two unit property. It was listed on the market for sixty five thousand, and I think I got it for about twenty or twenty under twenty five thousand. Um, you know, again, this was I bought it August two thousand ten, and my whole thought process was, you know, it's listed for sixty, and I think I offered twenty thousand to begin with. My thought process: What's the worst that's going to happen? Is they're going to say no, but at mm -hmm. least I'll just get it out of my system to start making offers, right? It wasn't the first property I made offer on, but it was the first that I actually got under contract and bonded. But so that was, that was my whole process was thought process. Hey, I just make an offer. The worst that can happen is somebody says no, and then you can just keep, you know, it's an iterative process. You can just keep improving, but you start 
make an offer at a number that you absolutely feel 100% confident that there's nothing that's going to go wrong. You know, you have equity in the property. And then, you know, from there, if it gets accept, uh, accepted, it's upside from there. So, yeah. And then three weeks after that, I bought my second property, which was the three unit. And I still own that also. And any property that I bought for my rental portfolio, I haven't sold any of them. My goodness. So buy and hold all the way. When, when was this? When did you start your first property? 2010, August 2010. 20. Yeah, August 2010. So yeah. since 2010, you bought that one. Three weeks later, you bought the the three, the three units unit. and right. just haven't sold. And where did you buy these properties? Uh, they're all in Northwest Indiana, right outside of Chicago. So it's I used to live in Chicago. I live in Toronto, Canada. Now I used to live in Chicago downtown. So again, like I literally followed the book Millionaire Real Estate Investor. It said, uh, you know, just draw. Like, I mean, just look at everything within 45 minutes or in one hour radius from where you live and start basically looking at all the neighborhoods. And then it just, I mean, I had never even honestly heard of, I, I didn't even realize I was so stupid that I was literally right next door to this in state of Indiana. Uh, but then, you know, once I drew that circle, I'm like, oh, holy crap, I can't believe a different state falls within my 45 minutes or an hour drive radius. So that just got me more interested. I started looking a little bit more into it and the prices were completely different. You know, Indiana is way more landlord friendly. You know, mm -hmm. the, the ROI is much better. So that just, you know, a light bulb went off and just kind of started doing more research. And yeah, that's, I haven't bought, I just bought one property in Chicago. That was a condo that my wife and I used to live in. But other than that, everything else has been in Indiana. Okay. One thing that right. I like that you said is how, you know, you, you set your goal of what it is that you wanted to pick up and you were willing to walk away from anything that didn't hit that goal. Where, right. Absolutely. I mean, one, one thing that I'm seeing, especially I've seen it and I see it more and more now is how many people are becoming motivated buyers. Um, right. they, they have their goal and they're saying, you know, I really can only afford this kind of property. And then, not, not even that you say, oh, years are going by, they're not buying anything. No, like weeks are going by that right. they haven't found anything. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, let me lower my standards a little bit and let me lower them a little right. bit more. And I'm like, oh my right. God, like, I know. you know. It's, 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 it's hard to be disciplined, man. I mean, uh, you know, especially in the day and age that we live in, everything is instant gratification. You know, you order something on Amazon, it shows up at your doorstep like the same day now. You know, it, it's it's really hard to be patient. It's really hard to be disciplined. You know, but that's where the that's where the opportunity is. You know, people are going to jump in, like you said, motivated buyers. They're going to jump in. They're going to make a mistake, but then on the back end of it, there's going to be opportunities for people who are, you know, disciplined about their investment. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the most disciplined person, but when it comes to certain things, I'm disciplined. I know, okay, I, I just need to follow this, and then that's all. You know. Uh, ignore everything else outside of kind of what my focus is. Well, you, I mean, and you are more disciplined than most because right. again, uh, um, I always try to tell people, you know, I, I've kind of tried to make it my, our, our little shtick of saying real estate investing the right way, because I believe in the power of real estate investing. And right. if it's done right, not speculating in real estate investing, not getting into it because you feel like it's going to go out of style. You know, like I, I always try to tell people, like, people need a roof over their heads. Like you right. know, real estate is not going out of style. Just be patient. Right. 
And yeah. they just keep, they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe let me lower my standards a little bit. I'm like, if you've never done this, you're, you're dealing, you're, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is not right. an area that you should play with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's simple, man. I mean, like I've read in a books and then to me, it just comes down, comes down to, the, you know, the, the secret to be successful or, you know, do better in life is focus on one thing and focus long term. That's it. Mm. You know, when you try to do too many different things, it doesn't get you anywhere. Just focus on one thing with long term in mind. And I mean, it's worked. It makes me happy. You know, it makes me happy. It keeps me sane. It keeps me like focused on what I want to do. It keeps me in my happy zone with, hey, this is where I enjoy working. This is what I love doing. And that's what I need to keep doing more of. And what is it that you use or do you have any techniques or anything that you've developed throughout the years that helps you stay focused? Cause I mean, as I, and it happens to me a lot, uh, people, they call it ADD or whatever the heck you want to label it as, but you kind of get that shiny penny syndrome. Sometimes, you know, you see right. opportunities, you see this thing, you see that, um, what is it that maybe you use to stay focused, to follow one thing at a time or to follow one strategy at a time? You know, I mean, like the part of that is like, again, in this day and age, like I'm, I'm not active on social media. So mm. like the only time I log on to social media is, and I have that page bookmark is when I, you know, I go to our Facebook group, the recently Facebook. Other than that, I don't go to any other Facebook, no social media, none whatsoever, because, you know, it's, it's easy to look at someone and say, Hey, you know, I mean, when you look at somebody on social media, you're looking at highlights of their life and you compare those with your worst moments. Hmm. So it's, it's not a fair comparison. So I, I, you know, I avoid it as much as I possibly can. To me, I feel like that's, that, that gives me, that gives me peace of mind, but I'm not like trying to chase something. I'm as long as I'm happy with what's working for me, you know, then I don't need to chase something that I never had a desire for, but all of a sudden everybody else has a desire for that, you know? And then to me, it, it feels like when I, you know, I'm still human, I have those emotions, you know, those cravings. So I'm going to just naturally, I'm going to gravitate towards those things because that seems to be the, like the hot new thing that everybody's talking about, you know, yeah. just focus. It's just less input is better for me, you know, just, the less I know, the happier I am. And and that is such powerful insight. Uh, I honestly, I as you're saying it, like I'm I'm getting kind of goosebumps just thinking about how accurate that is, especially with social media. Things are moving so quickly, and what you said before about instant gratification. People need to get, do something and get rewarded right now because that's what you're yep. you're being trained, especially with social media. Right. With all this, like you get you're getting that feedback that that hit so quickly that right. it just builds those habits. And one thing that right. I'm noticing behind you is that you have the book, uh, deep work. Yeah. So I, I love yeah, that deep. book. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, that, that's one of the, the pillars, you know, in my life that I, I live it every single day, every, every single day, that's just part of, you know, what I want to do. I mean, again, it's like some of the books that you read and you want to make part of your, your life. And I have another, uh, chart on my wall, um, oh. It's like the one thing, 66 day habit. Uh, and that's, okay. that's, you know, if you have read that, it takes 66 yep. days to 
you know, follow habits. So those are again, certain things I follow, like whether it's with my diet or whatever that might be, you know, just, it's, I mean, again, the less I know, the happier I am, but the more information you have, then it's just like way too much. I mean, you know, your brain cannot process all that. It's just like way too much going on. And then, you know, just naturally my default state or most of the people default state is laziness. You know, it's, it's easy to be lazy. Um, so the more information you have, more overwhelm, and then the less you end up doing. So, yeah, the less I know, the, the better I, you know, do on a day-to-day basis. And and I wonder if you agree with this too. It's uh, so much with so much of this information and you moving so quickly with so much information hitting you, it's gotten to a point where I speak to people. I I try to specialize more in helping people get started with real estate because that was definitely one of the barriers I struggled the most when I got started. Um, And it's kind of that analysis paralysis at this point. There's just way too much information out there. There's too many, you know, so-called gurus and all these people, especially on social media that everybody claims to be, you know, oh, look at real estate. Look how easy it is. Look how uh, how easy this is. Anybody can do it. And I'm like, you know, you you get hit with all of this. And then I talk to people that they've been, oh, I've been studying real estate for a year, two years. I'm like, studying real estate? Right. <laughs> what are you, are you getting your MBA in real estate? Like, what are you looking to do with this? You got to right. implement it's, it. It's a, it's a simple business, man. I mean, it, it, you know, when you think about it, it's not a very complicated business. Like, you can literally get started right now and just start, go out and make offers. But again, I mean, it, it's hard, man. Like, you know, think about it. Like, there's a, there's a research that I read. Let's say if, and it's, it's, that's the world that we live in. Let's say if, you know, you had been right out of the college, you had been always wanted to get a job with company, whatever, X, right? Mm-hmm. You wanted to make $100,000. You get that job, you get that offer. You're like, holy crap, this is amazing. I'm happy. You know, you're like the happiest person you can be. You find out your best friend who went through the same program, he got a job with the same company for 150000 right? Nothing changed in your situation, right? You still have the company you want. You still are making the money you wanted. But now the only thing has changed is somebody you know is making more money than you. It just naturally, your happiness goes down. You know, it just, it, and nothing changed in your situation. Everything is exactly the same. So it's, and it's, it's a challenge, man. It's, it's a big, big challenge that everybody has to deal with. Yeah. So, you know, like, like you said, it just the more information you take, it'll just overwhelm you. It'll just overwhelm you so much that you end up doing nothing. It's better to just start with basic information, go out, make a very, very conservative offer, and just learn the process. You know, work with you know, work with somebody who knows what they're doing, work with a mentor, you know, work with a coach who knows what they're doing, and then just help, you know, let them help you improve the process along the way. Right. Yeah, because right. now working with a coach, working with a mentor, somebody that is working specifically with you. So right. they're working on specific actions. On your situation. That, exactly. exactly. Versus this broad understanding exactly. of like, hey, here's a, you know, every time I see somebody come up with a course, like a right. one size fits all kind of course, I was like, you don't flip properties in San Antonio exactly. like you even do in Austin. And that's a city right. away, not even another state. So Exactly. You know, I mean, I completely yeah. agree, and I and I think it's um, 
uh, some definitely very important information that you're releasing here because I, again, I, I speak to a lot of people consistently and this is always the holdup. It's just that over analysis, overthinking. And I think about right. like my, my time, why I got success is because I do more than I think. Right. Where right. I don't, I'm not overanalyzing so many things. Right. Like I've never bought like really any coaching programs. I've never bought anything. Like I just, okay, this is kind of the path, right? Let me just right. go through and see what I've learned. And right. yeah, exactly. yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, it's, it's best to work with someone who's going to work with around your situation, your circumstances, rather than just give you a blanket, you know, statement, Hey, this is how you're supposed to run. Exactly. I mean, somebody who's in, San Diego is going to have a completely different business from somebody who's in San Antonio or Chicago or New York. So, you know, you have to look at, okay, this is the market that I am in. What works best for me? You know, how competitive that market, what are the price for like who else is in your market that you can work with? There's so many variables that you cannot just take one generic course and apply it to everyone, you know, all across the, all the markets. So how would you recommend if somebody that's listening and is looking to get started, how do you recommend them find perhaps a mentor or coach or somebody that they can rely on um, to to get this kind of information? Do you have any process you follow with this or any ideas? I mean, the, the first thing is, you know, I mean, even within real estate, when you look at it, there's like so many things you can do. You can do buy and hold, you know, you can do land investing, you can do fix and flip, you can do turnkey, you can do wholesaling, you can do you know, like there's so many things like uh, tax liens and whatnot. The first thing is, you know, figure out what is it that you want to do. That's the most important thing. And just focus on that. You know, once you focus on that, then find someone who's already doing that, you know, that specific thing. And then just ask them, you know, if they're if they are a coach, if they're a mentor, ask them. I mean, you know, that's probably one of the best investment you're going to make. Mm. And it's not, you know, it's not an expense. It's it's an investment that you're making. You know, I, I have masterminds that I'm part of. You know, I have coaches that I work with. It's not an expense for me, you know. I mean, these are people that are going to help me make decisions that are going to pay 10x what I'm investing in them, you know, 100x in some cases, because that's, you know, that's the decision I made. Okay. And then these have to be people that have already, you know, done what I am wanting to do. You know, if I am, you know, if I wanted to do fix and flip, you know, I don't want to work with somebody who's in automotive, for example, because mm. it's, you know, it's not the same thing, you know, it's flipping cars versus flipping houses. Those are two different industries, even like, you know, flipping, fix and flip houses. It's different from somebody who just owns rental properties, right. you know, so you want to find someone that who's doing that and, you know, ask them to mentor you, ask them to coach you and then just, you know, go from there. Uh, I think that's, uh, I definitely agree with that. I guess that layout of how you find a mentor. Cause I mean, that's exactly what I always recommend and how I did it. Right. I, I always right. wanted to be in buy and hold and I found the buy and hold buyers, investors in my area. And I just went and I was like, Hey, you know, is there anything I can do to bring you value? Yeah. Um, and, and in turn, they taught me everything about how to analyze a property, how to analyze the numbers and, there's no better to me, no better course or education than real world experience when they're when you're oh, walking the house and they're right. giving you the numbers on that house. It's it's just it, right. it sits so much longer in your head, you know. Yeah. And oh, exactly. Really I mean, yeah. yeah. And then you're learning from somebody else's experience. You know, you're not you're learning from other people's mistakes, but you're not having to make the same mistakes 
on your own dime, you know, you learn, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, you know, we bought some, you know, crappy houses, like, oh, man, I wish I'd never bought, but that's, that's part of learning, you know, you make one mistake, one, that's okay. But if you make the same mistake over and over again, you know, then it's really your fault. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, one thing, um, so you talked about the properties that you started and everything. How has your investing evolved until now? Like, what what is it that you f focus on primarily? Are you doing only buy and hold? Do you do some fix and flips, multifamily? Like, what's your investment portfolio kind of look like? It's it's single family houses, and it's uh, most of it is fix and flip. Uh, I would say sixty percent retail, about forty percent turnkey, but single family houses. So I I own a property management company. And, you know, I own the, the fix and flip business and, you know, I own the software company. Yeah. And then my own rental properties. And how many properties do you currently own as rentals? I have about 75 units and most of them are paid for free and clear. Again, that was, that wow. was influence of Dave Ramsey, honestly. Uh, I would have never planned it and I never thought I would, but again, like, the Dave Ramsey had huge influence on that. So uh, let let me uh, let push back a little bit on this and see where your thought process is. With every, I, I listen to you know a lot of economists and investors. I try to get the uh, both sides of all stories. And you're looking at right now that we're pretty much in an inflationary period. Uh, they're keep dumping more money into the market and all of this having your houses free and clear do you feel like that's the best use of the money or if you were to leverage that do you feel like no it's not yeah it's, it's it's definitely not the best use of the money i mean i i understand that you know i i used to be an accountant so i totally understand that but again like having that comfort level of knowing okay i have this income coming that's free and clear it's worth me way more than having this level. I mean, again, this is my personal yes. decision. I totally understand I could leverage and I could get 3X the number of doors that I have. I, I totally understand that, you know, financially it's not the smartest decision, but for me, for my family, for my situation, it gives me peace of mind knowing, you know, if some of my tenants all of a sudden doesn't, you know, don't want to pay rent, it's not, you know, I don't have a bank knocking down my door and saying, hey, you got to pay your mortgage. Again, this is my comfort level, my decision. But again, yes, somebody starting out again. I mean, that's that's one area I'm not very disciplined. So that's sort of like mm -hmm. the force, you know, thing that I've done to make myself disciplined in that, you know, where if I had this extra cash, then I might get a little bit aggressive and whatnot and invest in some properties that I really shouldn't have. So this is how I keep myself like, Discipline. Okay, this is kind of sort of my, you know, passive income that I have coming in, and I don't want to touch that. Everything else, I could go out and invest in and be very speculative. Yeah, uh, I mean, right. it's. Uh, I really commend you on all this because you do exactly what keeps you profitable in business, right. and uh, it, it keeps you so well grounded. Because what you decided to do was decide, like, what does success look like for me. Right. And success exactly. looks like for me is this and right. you stick to that regardless of what, you know, I, you said it, you're like, yeah, I understand how that might make sense. But for me, right. this is what right. makes sense. And 
Yeah. Nothing is more true than what makes sense for you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any desire to drive any fancy cars or, you know, live in a mansion or anything. I, I don't, you know, mm -hmm. it just makes me happy. Like for me, owning my time is worth way more than anything else. Like, you know, I get to wear like shorts and t-shirt every day. You know, I don't have to report to anyone. You know, I, I do what I absolutely love doing. And, you know, that's worth way more than, you know, having some extra houses or extra money in my bank account. And, and that's powerful. You have your own definition of what financial freedom means for you. And, and it seems right. like you definitely have reached a level of that freedom that gives you the flexibility to do the things that you find the passion in right. and you enjoy doing. So that that's awesome. That's amazing to hear. I don't hear uh, if any that are, have reached that level. And it doesn't mean a lot of people always think that in order to reach that level, you need, you know, to be making tens of millions of dollars. And it's right. just like, no, if you, no. you know, there's people that live perfectly happy at a hundred grand a year. So if you can right. do it where you can generate that passively, like you hit that level. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if everything you want to do, you're happy with hundred thousand, then like just, you know, what I was saying, just because somebody else is making 150, doesn't mean you have to do that also right you know i mean you should if you want to if that's what you always like not because somebody from outside is influencing that decision it has to come from within you know uh, otherwise you you know you're not gonna give it all and you're gonna have like resentments about other things yes. so that's that's a decision that you know you have to make you have to know what really makes you happy and that's when you, you start developing the stress, the anxiety, the sleepless yeah. nights, because you're chasing something that is not actually what you wanted, but it feel you feel like society demands yeah. that of you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, you know, before mm -hmm. this call, I emailed you and I said, Hey, I'm going to be late. I don't have email on my phone because I choose not yeah. to have email on my phone. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's something that could, you know, get me into a rabbit hole. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to not have email. Um, if, you know, I don't want to have that anxiety about getting back to someone or whatnot. So that's something, you know, I, I feel good about. And that's, again, that's worth more to me than anything else, you know, like making extra money or getting another deal or whatnot. No, that, right. that's very powerful. And, I, and I, again, there's so many premises for there that, uh, come from the book Deep Work that I definitely yeah. loved, and uh, I definitely recommend everybody listening go check out that book as uh, and rewind everything that you just heard because I think the the tips that you've given and everything is if you're feeling stuck right now, that's why most likely you're stuck. You're just measuring yourself by the wrong things. Um, right. With that being said, the real estate market has shifted tremendously since right. you know march of 2020 till now it's been insane uh ever since the pandemic hit and everything what are your thoughts how do you see the real estate market and how have you adapted or maybe made some shifts to this new market sure. that we're in yeah i mean like honestly i didn't i didn't anticipate like for the first two or three months you know we kind of put our marketing on hold which wasn't the, the smartest thing we did but you know, again, I, I didn't think the market was going to behave the way it did. Um, but, you know, just like people just got crazy about buying houses all of a sudden, like, you know, they were going to run out of houses. But now mm -hmm. where we are in my market, where 
you know, we're, we're looking to focus on like sub 200,000 price point because that's the price point where we could, that there's going to be demand from first time home buyers. And the worst case, we can always rent it out, make money and sell it as a turnkey property also. So, so for us, the 125 to 175 ideally, but you know, up to 200,000 is a sweet spot for us. So any house that we can get where the retail value would be uh, 125 to 175, that's that's a no brainer for us. Uh, once it gets above 200, that's where we have to, you know, look at it and see, okay, you know, where the market is. But so, so far the market seems to be, it's starting to slow down. Uh, you know, I, I look at some like mortgage numbers, for example, there are less people, uh, you know, applying for mortgage, you know, from a couple of months ago. So which is generally a leading indicator of less people are looking for loans. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be less people wanting to buy houses. Uh, I mean, it, it has slowed down a little bit, but not to the point where, you know, we need to we need to panic. I mean, we're just being more conservative. I mean, again, that's part of like my personality i'm generally a little bit conservative guy uh but you know again we're trying to be under that two hundred thousand price point ideally ideally under 175 but two hundred thousand price point is you know where we have a couple of different exit strategies hey podcast thank you for listening i hope you're enjoying the show and if you want to get very exclusive insider tips and strategies that nobody else is getting then you need to join our text community by texting podcast to 210-794-9898. That's 210-794-9898. Text the word podcast and you will start receiving insider information, things that are happening that we're realizing that we're implementing in real time that other people have no access to. So make sure you text us now. Now back to this show. You know, uh, the, that quote from, uh, I want to say, I think they're credited uh, to Bill Gates. I'm not sure, but they say you you over, you underestimate what you can do in 10 years and overestimate yep. what you can do in one year. Um, yep. it, it just, the more you talk, the more it resonates as far as yourself. When everybody I meet, they, I tell them, you know, in real estate, slow is fast, right? Where it's right. like, be, go slow, put firm right. footing down, make sure that every investment, every purchase you're doing is smart. It's, you know, it's hitting your goals. Um, because right. look at yourself. I mean, you started in 2010, we're in 2021 and you have 50 plus doors free and clear. I right. mean, it gets out of, you know, you can scale very quickly in this business if you have the patience at first. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I mean, honestly, the, the compound interest, it's really the eighth wonder of the world. I don't know who said it, uh, but it, it really, really, I mean, it's it feels very slow in the beginning, uh, you know, first like two, three years, but then once you get the, the power of, you know, compound interest kick in, I mean, it really starts, you know, um, speeding up from there. Yes, compound interest. I want to say it was... Uh... Maybe it was. I think uh, it was Albert Einstein. Einstein, yeah. I think, yeah, I think. Yeah, he said that it's one right. of the biggest powers in the world, the compound yeah. interest. Um, exactly. And when you understand it and you start calculating it, it's it's insane. Uh, I always use the uh, this uh, this kind of thought process that you always try to be one percent better than you were yesterday, and yep. that's it. 
And exactly. when you think about it, you say 1%, what's that? But when you compound that 1% over yeah. the course oh, of yeah. months, all of a sudden you're tremendously better than you were. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. With everything in your life, you know, with everything, we're not just like investment with your personal health, you know, with finances, you know, your business or whatnot, it, you know, relationship. I mean, it makes a huge difference. So let, let me ask you, what is it that you do to find your deals then? Because uh, you, you live in Canada, but you right. invest in Indiana still? Indiana. Yep. So how so we are do, you doing? We do, a lot of, we do a lot of direct mail. So number mm -hmm. one is direct mail. Uh, we buy from other investors also. So, so far this year, we've done about 21 deals. Uh, and so most of them came from direct mail. We do cold calling and we buy from other investors and, uh, and online PPC, uh, Google ads, those sort of things. But direct mail, I would say is generally tends to be the most consistent for us. So you do online PPC. How's that going for you? Cause, uh, um, you know, I, I'm seeing more and more people get into this and right. I also see a lot of people underestimate how much work it is to have the online brand, the online funnels right. to make sure your, right. your money is being well spent. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we are doing honestly such a good job at it. I mean, we get leads from it, but. I think our, our challenge is the lead conversion is where we're not, you know, where we would like to be. So that's somewhere we need to be in, you know, we need to improve. We're getting good quantity of leads and there, you know, there's some good quality leads also, but if there's one area we can improve on is definitely the lead conversion. Uh, that's something we need to do a better job of. Yeah. And, and Especially what do you mean the, by the PPC one? So by lead conversion, do you mean that you don't have maybe the people in place to make sure that they're converting on every single one right. so things are falling through the crack? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily things are falling through the crack. I mean, we have, you know, automation set in, uh, you know, where, you know, once a lead comes in, they get on a drip campaign and all that good stuff. But I think it's it's the, you know, we don't have the right people to manage some of the, the process. Those are manual, like actually calling the people, you know, like there's certain things, I mean, you can, automate 90% of it, you know, text message, email, direct mail, and all that. But it's like, you know, it's like the last 10% where you actually need to get somebody on the phone, you get somebody on the phone and talk to them. I think that's where we're not maybe doing as good a job. If like finding the right person with the right skill set, the right, you know, disc, you know, uh, score or whatnot, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the person we're lacking right now in our business. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is something that we are struggling ourselves as well we have the opportunity we have a lot of deals coming in we have like you said we have luckily to what we're going to be talking about next uh most of that process completely automated and it's amazing right. but then it's that last 10 percent. you know that yep. you know now you got somebody that's interested now you got to take it and take it to a close exactly. and it's just yep. that part it's difficult to find people at this moment like right. i mean it doesn't even seem to be a money issue it just seems to be I don't know. I can't, we can't find people that want them. I know. Work. I we've, know. we've, we've noticed that in our property management company, um, it's like people don't want to work. It's, it's amazing. People just don't want to work. I mean, it, it's really hard to find good people, extremely, extremely hard to find good people. I think that's, that's the part that we are struggling with right now is not having the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if, uh, 
maybe uh, once forbearance is up, once uh, you know the evictions start coming in for the apartments yep. and all these things, if that maybe starts lying, lighting a fire under yep. their ass that makes them exactly. start working again. Yep. I don't know. I mean, some some people are getting like free money, you know, where they're getting money yep. that they don't have to work for. I mean, you know, and then that makes people lazy. Um, yes. And it's it's hard, man. I mean, um, you know, we're looking to hire somebody in a property management company and our, you know, uh, and flipping business also. And it's like the the, the quality of people that we get, they're just not interested. It's like they come in and say, oh, I'm going to be available from this time to this time. This is how much I want to make. You know, does that work for you? Yes or no? No, I'm out of it. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, we, we're even having problems with contractors that it's getting to a point where before we used to have trouble finding contractors that were charging a reasonable rate. Now we're right. having trouble finding contractors at any rate. It doesn't even yeah. matter if you're overpaying. They just they they're right. like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Then they just don't show up. <laughs> yeah, they don't show up. Okay. They don't return calls. Yeah, it's and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, just. People don't want to make money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, I'm honestly, uh, and I've been doing some research and everything. We do a, a show every Friday. We call uh, Coffee with the Johns. We review articles and, and things in the news. Yeah. And I've been doing some research to try to figure out unemployment and, and what's going on. And I just, I don't know. I, my question is like, how are people surviving is what I'm curious about. You understand? Like the right. only thing is because, okay, stimulus and all this. But it's not that much money that you're getting. Right. So it's like it's got to be that you know your mortgage is in forbearance. So you, that's a huge payment. You nobody can evict right. you. That's another big payment, right? So right. maybe those things once they're let up and right. they start coming back to you. Yeah, and you're getting some state benefits, unemployment, and whatnot. You right. know, where like yeah, you know, I'm gonna stretch it for as long as I can before I really have to go back to work. You know. Um, and yeah, it's, wow. it's, that, that's been a challenge. Finding the right people has been a challenge for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's, that's where, uh, entrepreneurs flourish, right? We flourish in that moment of everybody's going through these troubles. So the people that yeah. can solve them will be that much better off. So, exactly. you know, and, and whether it yeah, through automation, right. Outsourcing, I mean, we're, we're looking right. a lot in the Philippines. We're looking a lot abroad, right. you know? South America, Central America, trying to find the people that we can, that do want to work and we can train. And it's like, it sucks that, you know, we can't hire people locally, but we right. have a business to run. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you gotta, I mean, with this, with, with the, the world that we live in, you know, especially after COVID, I mean, people are okay with just having, you know, your team all over the world. And it doesn't, as long as they're working with what they need to do, they, they don't have to be, you know, in your local area. Yes, for sure. Um, so now let, let me ask you, how you don't know this market and everything. What do you recommend to manage all these leads? <laughs> so what, do you have a CRM that you use? <laughs> yeah, let me let me think about it. That's, that's a tough question. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one, this one, right? Yeah, no, man, I mean, so I, I moved uh, 2015. I moved from Chicago to San Diego. I mean, again, that was probably the 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 reason why I started recently was, uh, you know, once I moved, you know, I had all these things that I was doing in Chicago. You know, once you're like so much into one thing, you know, you don't step out of it and look at like from, you know, a, 
outside perspective, you know, from 10,000 foot view or whatnot. So once I moved to San Diego, you know, that kind of like pivoted, shifted my perspective at how I was looking at my business. I'm like, you know, I have all these things that I need to do and I'm not going to be there myself to do those. You know, is there a way I can like do all of these, you know, in one system? You know, I can run my entire business from one platform. So that's where, you know, the idea of recently came and it's been like, I mean, I, I didn't start the company in 2015. I think it was like 16 or 17 that I started the company and it is, you know, what it is now. So it's been, it's been a very interesting journey with that. But yeah, the goal was, um, again, you know, I'm, I'm an accountant. Uh, so the goal was, I have to know my numbers. That's the only way, mm. you know, I know what's going on with my business. You know, people lie, numbers never lie. So, you know, I had to know the numbers. So we, we whatever we built, you know, we did it with very uh, strong, you know, focus on data analytics part of it, like KPI is part of it. So I knew, you know, without somebody on my team telling, hey, this is what's going on. I say, no, no, no. I want to go into the system and see, you know, what's going on with the business, actually. I don't want to hear the stories. I don't want to hear somebody's opinion. I want to see the actual numbers. Uh, And then, like, that's kind of where everything started, you know, with it would be cool to have something where everybody on my team could be in one system. They could do their own thing and just, you know, do their own part of the business. And this system kind of manages all the different moving pieces. And I mean, now that you mentioned, when you mentioned that you're an accountant, Ari simply started making more sense in my head because the level of analytics, data, key points, everything that you have in there, you know, it it makes a lot of sense that you're an accountant because it's, uh, I was chatting through with you and how you said, you know, this essentially is replacing QuickBooks. I was like, no. And I looked through it. I was like, holy crap. I was like. (laughs) It really tracks everything. It does. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, and some of the things we're rolling out this year, our goal is to have everything ready for next year tax return time where, you know, people can just use recently and then, you know, send the reports to their accountant and then that's that's all they need. Yeah. My God. So, I mean, it, it is, it, it, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes on in the background. Um, but again, like some of the things that we do is, uh you know it's everything starts with okay you know somebody who has no idea what the hell we're doing they come in they should not you know it should all make sense you know we don't want to keep adding things just for the sake of adding things it it has to make sense you know like i mean it's it's like creating a recipe you know you don't want to put too much salt because right you need enough salt but you don't need too much salt you don't need too much black pepper and everything it just has to come together and it has to make sense at the end of the day for the person that's using it. You know, I, I've tried a lot of CRMs and when people ask me what's the best CRMs to use, I tell them, honestly, you know, you're better off kind of using something free like a Podio until you need, until you really grow your business and then you got to build your own because right. I've seen a lot of CRMs out there and it's just, they're essentially, they sell lists and right. you can manage some leads kind of CRMs, right? right. Because they're right. not real CRMs. They're just more right. like list providers and you can also kind of do this, but right. they're so limited, you know, you can do this to a certain extent and then everything else ends up being filled in your notes section because you have no, you know, right. it, you can't really do that and you need still like four or five other systems. So right. with all that, 
what makes RE Simply so different from pretty much all the other CRMs out there? I'm sure you've seen your competitors, you've seen the people out there. Why do you feel that RE Simply stands out so much more? Uh, I mean, I've never used any other system. I've never used Podio myself also. Uh, we use a different CRM to manage our Resimply customers, uh, but I I don't use it personally. Like my, my team uses it. I, I think, you know, I've never thought about this. I mean, it's like one thing I'll tell you is like everything that we build, it's we absolutely build it with love and passion. Like we don't, you know, before we build something, I mean, there's, we, we, we try to put a lot of thought into it, like how it would make sense. And one of the things we do now more and more is since, you know, this year we started doing it, you know, you're on our Facebook group. Like before we roll out something, we ask, hey, what do you want to see mm -hmm. first? You want to see this? You want to see this? And then even, so once you say, okay, I want to see this, then we will post the designs. What do you think of this? Does this make sense? You know, the, the first version that was rolled out, it was literally built on my business. Like, you know, now when you go and see assigned to buy it, that was not there in the first version that we had because I had never assigned a deal in my life. So right. I, I still have been, but then once we rolled it out, people say, hey, can you add a column for assigned to buyer? I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of things that are coming out, I don't personally like use it in my business because my business is different, but then a lot of other people are using it. And then like, oh, you know, this makes sense. So we need to build this out. And then, you know, we, every quarter we send out an email asking for feedback. Hey, what do you want to see next? You know, so that gives us like a list of, you know, hundred different things to do, but then we have to go through, okay, this specific thing, all hundred people requested, but this one thing, only one person requested. So, you know, we have to prioritize these, you know, one thing that every single one is asking for. And then once we have that, you know, that builds our roadmap, but before we go deeper into it, what we do is, you know, we post on our Facebook group, hey, okay, we're building this out. How do you want this to look? You know, what should it look like? So that saves us a lot of time and effort. And then it ends up creating a product that people actually want, you know, rather than we saying, hey, this is something you're going to love. No, you tell us, what do you want to see? We'll go back. It's like, you know, we're, we have a restaurant. You tell us whatever you want to eat. We'll go back. We'll build it. You taste it. You like it. Then we'll build more of it. Right. So, and, yeah, and, and I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that about it. When I joined the Facebook group and I saw how active it is with, you know, people saying, hey, this feature is not quite working and you're right. on there instantly, you know, or you or right. one of your team members are on there. Try this here. Oh, I, I'll send it. I'll get it fixed and you fix it right away. And, it, and then you right. put out like I love when you guys are putting out. Hey, I'm thinking either this or this, like what works better? What do you guys want to see? What features right. do you like? So you're having right. the people that are using it consistently because those are the people that are right. on the group contributing are the people that are actually yeah. using it. Um, exactly. And, and your, your, the way you guys respond, your feedback, your, your response from customer service and everything is, I haven't seen it anywhere else. And it just, this is why I've, uh, I've, grown to love Ari simply so quickly because of that. And it's something that, yeah. you know, the features you guys have, I mean, I'll just share from my perspective is, you know, my, my leads come in 
and I can automatically tag them. So I, I make sure I understand what campaign they're in. I can track which campaign they're coming from. I, I have phone numbers within the system that record my calls with the people. The biggest thing that I loved that got me in originally was uh, the activity log that I can right. open up a lead. It shows me when I texted somebody, the call that we had, it has the recording, it has the text messages, it has my notes, it has everything in like a timeline. So if I ever right. need to go back and follow up, I see everything in one place, right. you know, yep. and that has just been tremendously helpful for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, thanks for like the next week update that's going to come out, you know, we're going to improve activity log. So you have like pre-filtered tabs in there. So if you just want to see the calls, you just click there, it shows you all the calls. If you just want to see the notes, it goes in. So you don't even like, you know, the goal now is to, okay, we have all these things. How do we make it more? user friendly you know where you need the information and you don't have to you know you have everything you need but you don't have to click five times to get that information just click once and it's all there you know so that's that's the that's the next you know evolution of okay we have all these things we're going to keep adding new things but the ones that we have how can we make it way more value add you know we're working on like completely like redoing the list stacking it's going to be very very focused on marketing like, how can we help you with the marketing part of it? You know, we're going to tell you which people you send direct mail to, which people you cold call. So you just always know every single lead that you have in the pipeline, what have you done with that specific record? So like you get the value out of every single, you know, record that you have in recently. So that's, that's the exciting part. You know, it's not, it's just, okay, how do we keep adding more and more value? You know, I mean, I, I do daily call, I mean, not daily, but I do weekly calls with my support team where I tell them, okay, all the feedback you get, no matter how small and how big, let me know because it helps us make a decision on, okay, what do we need to do next? You know, some people are more vocal about, hey, I want to see this, but some people are not, you know, they may just say something on a call with the support team. Hey, it would be great if you did there. So, you know, we, we gather all that feedback, we put it in a sheet and we, we kind of go through and see, okay, you know, we've had, 80% of the people request this and only 10% of the people request this, which we thought was important, but you know, every, like even the, the post that I made last week about, you know, we're, we're rolling out those tabs. Hey, what tab do you want to see as default? I had originally told my developer, let's just do whatever tab they were on last. Let's just make that as default. But I say, you know what, let me just put it on Facebook. Let me just confirm this. And everybody selected the other option. I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, I would have never guessed that. But now, you know, I don't have to think about it. Like that's what you requested and that's what we're going to provide. So, yeah. you know, things like those make my life much, much easier on that end. Well, and, and you've also from even from the first, uh, because you guys recently rolled out uh, 2.0, the new version, right? right? all new design, everything. So even from the previous version that I, I started with that one, um, it's gotten more and more intuitive. And that's one right. thing I like because with a lot of CRMs, they get so complex when they try to do everything because this is where I feel like a CRMs got into trouble or they kind of become obsolete is when they try to cater to wholesalers, fix and flip, buy and hold, all this. And then it just becomes this master, you know, massive CRM. It's right. like, I, I just, now I got to go like seven clicks in to find this one little piece of data. Yep. Right. And, and yep. you guys, you cater, I, I believe you cater to everything, but it's just so 
easily to access everything. Right. And I think it's because of that community feedback, right? I mean, they're telling it you. It is like, oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, if, if I was trying to build it on my own, you know, I would hit the ceiling. You know, I, I would I would come up with the things that I'm using in my business on a day to day basis. But after a certain point, like I don't I don't wholesale anything. So, you know, for us, like I don't even have a buyer's list. So when we added the buyers, I was all based on the feedback. Hey, you know, we want to send out emails. We want to do text. Blast. I don't specifically use that feature. But, you know, when we get the feedback, then, you know, for me, it's like, OK, if I were doing that, how would I want to do that? It's not just you can do that, but how easily can you do that? You know, it's, a, it's about like, you know, you're driving from New York to Chicago, you know, you can go from New York to Texas, go to Chicago, you still end up in Chicago, but is that, you know, is that the best route right. you could have taken to go to Chicago or you could have just thrown straight on, you know, 8094 and just gone straight from New York to Chicago. You know, so that's, that's something we have to think it, it doesn't have to, you know, it's not just about getting somebody to the end destination. It's about getting somebody to the end destination and as efficient and as productively as, you know, as we possibly can. So that's that's the exciting part. Uh, right. It's not just, you know, throwing something out there. It's like, okay, we created this. How can we make it, you know, as simple as possible for somebody to use this and add value to their business? So what are some key features that you feel um, contribute to are a simply success? Like, what do you, how do you, how do you describe RE simply to a wholesaler, a fix and flip buyer, a buy and hold buyer, uh, investor? How do you describe it to them as far as the features that they can use? Why RE simply makes sense for them? Like, what are the, th the, the best features that you feel RE simply showcases? I think from a wholesaler's point of view, um, it's, it's definitely, I, I mean, I, I believe the drip campaigns is the one that adds the most value, you know, in terms of automating your seller's follow-up uh, mm. and then the, the KPI tracking. You know, there's certain things we've done where people originally, they come and say, hey, why can't I customize this? But once we go into, hey, this is why you cannot customize this because, you know, it does so many other things on the back end if we don't allow the customization and people are like, oh, I get it, you know, and then 99.9% of people they get it, they see why the things are set up the way they are. Uh, but I would say drip campaign. And now that we've added, uh, uh, what do you call it? the buyer's list management. And then also the fact that they can call, you know, all the call recording text and everything is within the system. So they don't need call rail or any other system to manage that. So I, I think those are the things like based on like what we hear back from the people, like those are some key things that they love uh, about recently. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta, you know, we started doing, we had to start doing so much more marketing ourselves uh, when the pandemic started. Before we used to buy pretty much off of wholesalers and just our network, they always used to bring us deals. Right. Um, and we started doing a lot of marketing and then just tracking the marketing was such a nightmare. I mean, yep. we had Excel spreadsheets, I had Podio, I had, my goodness, it just like multiple softwares to track the phone numbers, the calls, the recordings. You know, it, it was it, a lot fell through the cracks. And right. that was what I liked is that, you know, the again, the activity log that how you can track that and then the phone numbers that you can get phone numbers that stay in the system. You can call people from those numbers, text people from those numbers. You get the recording. Everything is documented and kept yep. in one place. 
So yeah. as a I wholesaler, mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's those, it's those simple things, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like when you start the business, you know, it's getting your deal after a point of time is sort of like the easy part, but it's getting your deal in the most efficient possible way. That's the challenge, right? Mm. You know, there's, there's one thing is you make $100,000 revenue, but you spend $80,000 in marketing and you net with 20,000. Is that a better option versus you only make 90,000, but you only spend 50,000 in marketing, you know, now you net with 40,000. So I, I, th I think that's where, that's where we add a lot of value in, hey, for every dollar that you put into marketing, how much money is coming back into the business? Like that's, at the end of the day, that's what you need to know. You know, I put $1 in direct mail, cold calling, whatever that might be, but I got $5 back. You know, I got $4 back, I got $3 back. And then based on that, you make decisions. You know, I mean, those are the things, you know, that that's some things that we're looking to automate more and more on our end. So, you know, rather than having just the data, we want to tell you, hey, by the way, this is this was the best marketing for you in last quarter, last month. So, you know, you might want to focus a little bit more on this or, you know, you're spending money on this, but it's not really getting any revenue. You might want to just slow down on this. So that's that's the like the more exciting part of it. Like, that's where we want to do more and more in terms of data analytics, like, you know, helping people make better decisions without them doing all the data analytics. Like wow. we, where we tell you, this is kind of, you know, based on how you're running your business, you know, if you do more of this, it's gonna help you versus, you know, and do less of this. So it's not about making more gross revenue, it's about at the end of the day, you know, what you wanna do is take more net income you know, in hand at the end of right. so that's that's where we want to add more and more value. Well, and it's it's nearly impossible for you to understand where you should pretty much hit the accelerator on and where you should hit the brake on if you're not tracking right. these metrics, right? And exactly. to track them on your own, it's so tedious. It's so much work. Yep. I mean, I know personally, I know wholesalers that they'll come up with a campaign, they'll hit the campaign right. once. And then they'll go and come up with a different campaign because the amount of things that they need to do to track what ended up right. happening with that campaign is so much and so tedious it, it that they right. just let it go. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why, like, so those things that I said, like, those are the ones that we will do on the back and on the front end. We want you to just simply drag and drop a lead. Just keep it as simple as possible. Like, do what you want. You know, what the acquisition person doesn't want to do all of this, right? Your acquisition person, all they want to do is, hey, I want to just call this lead. And when it's appointment, I want to move it to appointment. I want to move it to offer. I want to move it to under contract. So that's all we want you to do. And now let's say if you have a bookkeeper, your bookkeeper should only do what the bookkeeper needs to do. It's just keeping books. And then the way everything is built in, if your acquisition person is doing what he or she needs to do, the bookkeeper is doing what he or she needs to do, that's it. The system will talk to each other and get all your data in you know in the manner that you need to see like all the reporting and everything will be done on the back end but on the front end like people are doing the only the part that they need to they don't need to worry about oh i gotta make sure this now we've created the way that you're just doing simple things and everything is happening on the back end and then you as the owner of the business is getting reporting on okay this is what you need to do more of this is what you need to do less of right man uh and now that's for the wholesaler side and it's powerful tools, everything from the drip campaigns to being able to automate all these things. 
What about for fix and flip buyer? Like for somebody that's doing fix and flips, where does the system cater to them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what I do, fix and flip. So you can manage your complete inventory. Uh, so that's like, you know, lead pipeline is different from your inventory pipeline. So you can manage everything from anything that you buy new to, you know, the ones that you're rehabbing, the ones that you have listed for sale, the ones that you have under contract, the ones you've sold. So all of that, is all manageable so that's what my business primarily is we do a lot of marketing but we don't assign anything we close on everything it comes in our inventory and then my project manager takes over and she manages our project until it you know she hands over to basically the listing agent but she's doing all the scope of work all the accounting all the bookkeeping so i've given her access to bookkeeping within the system so at any given time when we're doing our weekly calls i know exactly how much money has been spent on the property and she has access to that so she knows how much money we have spent you know if our budget is forty thousand on a rehab so she doesn't have to get that data from the bookkeeper now the bookkeeper is doing her part but then my project manager has that access to that specific information for that property where she can go in and see okay you know out of forty thousand we've already spent thirty thousand so we have a budget left over for ten thousand and then we're listing then we're making those decisions so it's not we're asking our bookkeeper to keep sending us reports. Our bookkeeper has already done that. The reports are already there. It's you know where it needs to be for my project manager, for my listing you know agent to see. Okay, if you're going to list a house, if we get an offer on a property, you know that we uh, you know we thought we were going to get 250, but we got an offer for 225, and you know then we can go in and see right then and there how much money do we have into it. Like should we just you know take an offer? Or, you know, no, we spend way too much money. So those are all the decisions that have been much, much faster for us as a fix and flip company that, you know, we used to have our bookkeeper send us an Excel report that we will look at and say, okay, you know, let's do this. And now those are instant decisions for us. Yeah. Wow. And for buy and hold, do you have a, a way to track buy and holds? You can track all the financials. Uh, you can track all the financials related to the property, but not the, the tenants part of it. That's something it's going to be coming later on. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can track all the financials related to your buy and hold. Okay. Now I wanted I, to ask you, cause you mentioned this before is user access. So this is, I believe another big feature and another, uh, extremely helpful feature is that you can add users to your account and limit right and direct what kind of access they have even to like specific campaigns so if you're let's say managing a lot of leads and you have multiple campaigns but you don't want this person talking to this type of campaign right you can yep. limit all this right okay can you go absolutely. into a little bit more detail of the users yeah absolutely so you can you can do down to the campaign so let's say if you have for example ppc leads right let's say a ppc leads coming and you want those leads because you're spending a lot of money you want those leads to come straight to you. You don't want anybody else on your team uh, to talk to them because you know you you want to handle those leads. So you can make it such that you have access to those, so you get notified. But versus your other direct mail, cold calling, or other leads, you know you want to round robin between different people, or you want all your direct mail leads go to one person, or round robin. You can customize this, and then you can also customize, you know, a specific stage in the pipeline that if you only want your acquisition person to see the leads once they get your appointment you don't want them to see anything that's in prospecting 
then you can you know limit that access like for me in my team you know i have my bookkeeper she only has access she doesn't need to know anything about leads inventory all she needs to have access to is the accounting piece the bookkeeping piece so that's all she has access to when she logs in that's all she's doing she's not doing anything else she doesn't need to know hey where we got the lead you know all she needs to do how much money we spend how much money right she just needs to do the bookkeeping and then my project manager you know she's her primary work is managing our project so her she has full access to the inventory but in the lease, she has only view access because she doesn't need to do anything in the leads. So she only needs to know what other projects we have coming in the pipeline so she can see. But project she's managing, she's talking to contractors, she's getting bits and whatnot, so she has full access to project management mm -hmm. side of it. But then we've also limited that nobody on our team has access to delete leads. They don't have access to export leads, so we can also limit that. They don't have access to delete somebody else's comment. So if I make a, if somebody on my team makes a comment, I can block it so, you know, if I have person B, they cannot go in and delete person A's comment or edit them. So, you know, we've added those restrictions also. We've added like other restrictions and you can give access to somebody to a specific module. You know, if you don't want anybody to see your KPIs then you can block it, they will not have access to the KPI section. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that and and I love that they you can they don't need to well you guys have it as a banking section, right? Where you have right. all of your finances, all your numbers and they don't need to have access to that. And yep. I, and I love the fact exactly. that they can't export, they can't delete. So even if like myself that we're going through so many um we're trying to find acquisitions people, I don't have to worry about them trying to export uh, I mean, the only way they can export it is one, they only have access to a certain yeah. campaign. They need to literally just sit there and write down exactly. every, you know, and at that point it's like, right. have at it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, then exactly. And then the other thing is, you know, uh, that, and then also, I mean, if you have somebody like that, then, you know, I mean, there's nothing system is not gonna do anything about it. I think it's just like, if they need to write down the information then they can write down. But other thing that, you know, once people start using it, um, they're using Resimply. Another cool thing that they notice is, let's say if you have an acquisition manager, like what a lot of people used to do before switching to Resimply is they would have, they would get a lead, for example, in the pipeline. Then they would have the acquisition person call from the acquisition person's cell phone, right? Which was very normal. And now we tell them, you don't need to have the acquisition person call from their cell phone. Because let's say they leave the company, now they own the lead. You know, you have the information, but you know, all the relationship has been built with the acquisition person's cell phone. So you have the built-in phone system. If you're calling, you know, like what we do is once a lead calls in, the call comes in and, you know, it goes to announcing service. After that, when we're calling, we never tell the lead, hey, call me on a different number. Because, you know, like right away, the lead starts, hey, why do I need to call you on a different number? You sent me a postcard with this phone number. Now, why are you asking me to call from a different, call you on a different number? Some people mind this, some people don't, but nobody would question that, hey, this is the number you called me on, just keep all your communication on this number. So now let's say your acquisition person is calling from the same number. You can change the call routing once it becomes a lead that it can be routed to the acquisition person directly so it doesn't go through the answering service. But now let's say your acquisition person ends up leaving. You own the phone number, you own the communication, you own everything with that lead. You know, the acquisition person, the lead doesn't say, oh, I've been talking to this person on their cell phone. No, you know, and that's that's the nature of the business, you know, especially on the acquisition side, you have, a, you know, you have a lot of people come in, 
you know, you'll teach them in the business and they see, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need, you know, I don't need to work for you. Or, you know, they go out, they, you know, they move to a different town or they do something else, but then you own everything related to that lead, you know? So that's, that's a, that's a key thing. Once people uh, start using the one phone number, they see the value in like not having to tell the lead, oh yeah, you know, call me on this number or that one. Just keep calling me on this number. You can text me, you can call me. You can do whatever you want on this number only, and then we'll keep all the communication. If they can send pictures, they can send videos or whatever that might be. So I, th- I think that's another powerful thing that you know people see a lot of value in. Yeah, and and I've definitely found a lot of value in that because again, you know, everybody comes in and yeah, I want to do whatever, I'll do anything, and as soon as they start doing cold calls, all of a sudden their motivation and hunger kind of starts dying off because you know it's it's not easy, but I don't know why they thought it would be. Um, but right. I love that, that it's like, sure, no problem. They leave. I switch the call flow, comes right back to me or my yeah. business partner. You know, we keep control of everything. I can go back. I can listen to all the all the calls right. that were being done. I can catch up on that lead at any given time. Exactly. Exactly. Now imagine if your acquisition person has called from their cell phone. You have no idea, you know, if what the tone of the conversation, what the context of the conversation was. If your acquisition manager was, you know, courteous or if he was rude on the call, you have no idea. But if you have the call recording in the system, then you know exactly how the call went. And then you can pick up from right there. You don't have to, oh, I'm sorry, you know, you talked to this person. I don't know what you talked about. Can you please get me caught up? I mean, you know, people get irritated by that, you know, especially when you're trying to convert a cold lead into a warm lead and you're telling them to just, hey, can you just get me caught up on everything that you talked to this person about? You don't want to do that. You just say, hey, I know you talked to John about this, you know, but let's talk about what the next step. So it's like the continued in the conversation. Yeah. And I, and I love how you can control that. They can't delete the lead. They can't yep. delete a comment. So then that way, if, right. because you do have people that act in a not so honest way, but once the call's been done, it's in the system. And even if they, exactly. they're like, oh, I want to go remove it because, you know, yeah. you can't. Like, it's in the system. Yeah. You have no control yeah. over that anymore. So exactly. it, it, as a, as the owner of the of the business, as the owner of the, you know, the management and everything, is like, I want to make sure that nobody can, you know, screw up a yeah. whole business that way. Exactly. So yeah. very, very, very powerful. Uh, I love all the features. I mean, I couldn't, I, I typically don't, and I mean, not typically, I definitely don't endorse anything just because I've tried them all and I, I'm just like, man, this falls way short. I, and I still kept going back to just doing my own thing. And I was, we really researched uh, up until, honestly, up until I found Ari Simply, we were working on building our own uh, CRM. Right. And as soon as I found it and I started playing with it and everything, I called the developers we were working with and I was like, yeah, let's just scrap this. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I was like, I am not going through oh, this man. headache of building it. Sorry because, about those developers. Man. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then you guys, you know, if there's an excellent idea, you guys do it. And if, yeah. if you don't do it, it's because it's most likely not an excellent idea and that you should rethink it in your own business of like, am I making this process harder by needing you know, this part? Exactly. That's the thing. Like some of the customization we don't allow because it's like, you know, what we were talking about initially, when you give people too many options, they get overwhelmed. When you yeah. make it, Hey, this is like, just, this has been proven. You know, we have people that are doing hundreds of deals a year on our platform using this. 
So if they can manage their deals doing hundreds, more than hundred deals a year, you know, every month they're doing 10 plus deals. If they can manage it, you know, you can 100% manage it. Like it's, it's like when people get, you know, people get bogged down by, oh, I have to have this feature. No, you don't. Like you just need something where, you know, at any given time where it is, you know, in your pipeline, that's all you need. I mean, people can do it on a pen and paper also. I still to this say I use pen and paper. Like this is this right. is literally our process of product development. I go through, I write notes. <laughs> this is as a, we don't use anything fancy. It's simple pen and paper. That's it. And yeah. and then we just go back. I write down my ideas. I talk to my team. I'm like, okay, this is how we need to do. You know, I literally sketch it if I need to. Like I'll sketch it and say, this is where the button needs to be. This is what it needs to look like. I send it to them. Uh, and that's that's the simple process that works for me for that part of my business because that doesn't need any automation for it, you know? But then I think sometimes people get, oh, I have to have this. I have to be able to change the column status or whatnot, add one. No, it, you don't really need to, you know, yes, you know, you can, I mean, in a different system, but is that really, that's stopping you from getting that next year, you know? Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, so, it's, it's, it's not drowning in the little details that just, Exactly. Really don't matter all that much. Um, right. What are some features that you have coming down the line that people can expect moving forward with Assembly? Uh I mean, we just posted what last week. Uh, dialer, for sure. Uh, actually, after this call, my designers sent me the updated design for the design, uh, dialer that I'm going to review. Uh, and then uh, completely updated list stacking. So list stacking is sort of going to become your marketing hub, you know, or then it's, you're, you're going to be able to do everything you can, but you'll be able to basically kind of know what's going on with your marketing. Also, how many people you've marketed to, uh, and then vendor management is another thing that a lot of people have asked for. So you can manage your attorneys, you know, your title companies and other, you know, vendors that you work with. So you can manage contractors, but, yeah. And basically, just like you can call your sellers and buyers, you will also be able to call, email your vendors also. Uh, so those are the things. Would, Talk yeah. about an all-in-one system. It's uh, I, I honestly I couldn't give you guys any more praises on this system because it's it's amazing all the things you've done on it. Now this is available where you have it web-based, where you know you have apps. Yeah, we have web-based and iOS app and finally you know, we rolled out our Android app that yeah. some of you know a lot of Android people are happy about. So yeah, that's that's another big project for us is this quarter basically. We we want to make it more mobile friendly. So everything you can do on the web with the leads, not with the whole system, you'll be able to do on the app. So e-sign, send direct mail, everything from I mean, you can already do a lot. You can call, text, and do a bunch of other things. But basically, everything you can do on the web with the dashboard page, and then the leads page uh, that's going to be on the iOS and the Android app. And and that's something that you know you, you had the nail on the head because I've had people they're like, well, you can't access the whole uh, CRM on the app. It's like, why would you want to? I, I don't want right. to see my KPIs, my accounting, everything on a little tiny yeah. screen. Like that's it, something that you yeah. Need, I mean uh, that that's 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 always a challenge. You know, I mean. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a fun challenge because, you know, I mean, I use a 24 inch monitor. So when I look at something, you know, on a design, I have to mm. go back to my regular laptop because that's what a lot of people use. But then when you go 
from web to app, that's a whole different because you have different phone sizes, you know, and then you have to manage everything like that five inch screen. And you wanna make sure it doesn't like feel all forced that you have everything. It has to flow naturally, you know, it has to make sense that the button needs to be where it makes the most sense. So that's always the challenge, you know, when we're adding things, you know, like how do we make it fit everything on that five inch screen without making it seem very, very forced. So that, that's a fun challenge, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we're never gonna be able to have everything on the web work on the app because, you know, there's certain things like, it's just yeah. it's just not gonna make sense, you it know, do it on them. I mean, it'll be much faster, much easier to just do it on the computer than trying to do everything on the phone. Um, yeah. So yeah, but but most of the most basic things like calling, texting, emailing, those, you will be able to do. I mean, those you can already do, but some of the other things, uh, you know, will be coming out on the app. Yeah, no, and I, and I think it's excellent. All the improvements on the app as well. Um, so you have your real estate investment company. You have a property management company. You have Ari Simply. Um, how do you manage all of this in your personal life? How do you balance that out? Like, what are you? What are some of the things that you do to kind of? Keep that balance. Make sure because you you're married and you have kids, two kids, yeah, two kids. So how do you manage right. that home life to make sure that with all of these businesses, all of these projects that you have going on? I mean, you live in Canada, you invest in Indiana, you have all of this. What do you what do you have in place, or how do you manage that kind of work life balance, as as people call it? Yeah, I mean, like once, you know, I mean, I use my calendar a lot. So once I've set mm -hmm. something on my calendar, then it just basically tells me what I need to do. But I just have to make sure I put stuff on my calendar that I want to and I need to do. Mm. You know, but once it's on my calendar, I mean, down to vacation days, like I, I put vacation on my calendar, that means just I'm not available. Um, and then uh, and then just delegating more and more. Uh, you know, like yesterday, we actually let go of somebody in our company that wasn't living up to our core values and these are our core values right here uh, right. on this wall um, and we let go. And then I, you, you've talked to Daniel, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. So I told her, look, you know, you don't need to reach out to me for every little decision. I trust you enough that you can make that decision and you can tell me after the fact that, hey, this is what I did and this is why I did that. That's, that's all I need to know because, you know, I, I want to make decisions about the things that I know I can add the most value of it. Um, but then like it's calendar, like every day, either 11.30 to 12.30, depending on the day, or 4.30 to 5.30, it's I'm working out. No matter what happens, Monday to Friday, uh, either 11.30 to 12.30 or 4.30 to 5.30 is my workout time. That's it, like I'm not available. And then when I'm plugged in, like when I'm on Facebook and I'm not trying to do anything else that's, you know, that, that requires my attention. So like when I'm on Facebook, then that, that's it. Like I'm just replying to posts. I'm not trying to think of a next feature to build, for example. But when I'm thinking of something that that's important, then I'm completely disconnected. Like I'm on this call right now, my phone is switched off. If somebody calls me one time, two times, or thousand times, I have no idea because this is what I'm 100% committed to. Um, wow. And then that's it. I think it just, uh, you know, the one thing book, uh, you know, I talked about that was that was a huge influence. You know, on my flipping business, for example, I've delegated most of the decisions, like almost all of the decisions, to the point where after the last 50, 60 houses that I've flipped, I haven't even um, 
stepped foot into any one of them. I don't think, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't stepped foot into any house since last year, none whatsoever. Um, like even my project manager, she actually lives in California and she manages everything in Indiana to the point where it's not like she's flying back and forth every month. She goes there once every year and she's managing all her contractors. Like I've never met my contractors. I've never talked to them. I don't even know their names because that's not, you know, that's not where I'm adding the value. I've created a different bank account for my project manager. I move money into that account and she's taking care of all the payments. So I have to trust her to manage that. Um, and then I say, hey, you trust it? I'm just managing everything by numbers. That's it. That's all I need to know. You tell me a friend, it's going to be 40,000. Fine. We buy our property based on that 40,000 decision number that you give me. And then it's, then it's her responsibility to make sure it gets done in 40,000 because she's getting incentive based on that. So I'm not, I'm not looking at it on a day to day basis. Like we're just going to, when we're doing our weekly calls, we'll literally have one hour call every Thursday from 10.30 to 11.30. And that's the call I'm on where my acquisition manager is there, my project manager and my, uh, you know, my, my CEO is there on the call. And then we just quickly go through all our KPIs and re-simply like, okay, this is how much we spent, makes sense. And we make decisions that we need to, other than that, that's it. Like, um, you know, and then wow. same thing on the recently and property management, same thing I've given uh, profit sharing to my employees in the property management company. You look, you guys run it like it's your own business. I want to make sure you're happy with the money that you're making. And then you run it how you think it's best. I'll do a call with you once a week. In those calls are Thursday in the afternoon, one o'clock. That's it. You just tell me how the numbers are. That's all I need to know. If the numbers make sense, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. I mean, if there's anything else they want to talk about, we can talk about that. But I, I don't have to make all the decisions. You know, I, I just want to make the decisions that actually make me happy. You know, I mean, hiring a contractor, fighting a contractor, that, that's not going to make me happy. That's not what my strength is. My strength is, okay, what do we need to do? Like, what's the vision of the business? Like, you know, do we need to go in a different market? You know, do we need to pick a different marketing strategy, you know, based on the numbers that we have? And that's that's where I add value and not, you know, on the nitty gritty of it. Uh, you know, I can, uh, I feel like we can go on for a long time because just on that alone, I mean, I have a million questions because I'm in that position of uh, delegating, outsourcing, you know, passing responsibilities off, um, giving people that, that confidence that, like you're saying that they right. can make the call and you know don't worry about if if it's the wrong call you're going to get fired because i right. gave you the flexibility to make that call right you know right. yes if you make a mistake we'll, we'll address it we'll try to fix it and make sure it doesn't happen but right. you're not going to lose your job over it right so yeah exactly yeah, and at the same time you know you don't want to give somebody like an intern a business critical decision to make you know so, so you have to like, I mean, you know, people have to earn the trust that you give them. You know, they can't just walk in and say, okay, I'm like giving you all this trust. You know, they, you know, they have to earn, like you give them a little bit, see how they're performing, you know, and then if they're doing good, you add another, you know, just keep stacking more responsibilities to them and you just see at what point they cannot handle. And if, you know, their capabilities to handle five things and they're amazing at it, just let them handle those five things. And if you give them six one and everything starts falling apart, then, you know, maybe 
you know, either it's something that you've given them the sixth thing that they're not handled, or if you just given overburden them. Uh, so that's, but I mean, my project manager has been with me for five, six years now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And and she, she manages all my projects to the point where I trust her. She hires the people and she lets go of somebody if she needs to as well as like contractors and stuff. Like I don't even need to, you know, that's her part of the business. And the better we do, the more money she makes. So, you know, it's like it's, she's, she's on a base plus uh, uh, profit sharing. So like there's, it's in her best interest to get the project done in lowest amount of time and the lowest amount of budget. Because then we're making more money as a company, and she's getting uh, more money made from that. No, it makes perfect sense, right. and that's uh, that was kind of the model that we've been thinking about. Because uh, right now, my business partner John, he's the one that handles the projects, and right. we want to outsource project management and all that. And that's what we thought would be the best route: do base plus. That way, you have an incentive to make sure that you yep. know everything's getting done in time and on budget. Yeah, so um, like what we do is for our uh, projects is like we even factor in the holding holding costs like to the interest cost, right? So if you borrow money from someone, so every day that the project is not sold, it's costing us money because we borrowed money. So that goes into the net profit calculation because we, we don't want to look at the direct cost. I mean, it is, you know, the interest is not maybe tied to a specific property. We might have a loan let's say for $500,000, that's against two or three properties. But then we have to, when we do the net numbers, we take the interest cost also. So then my project manager also knows, you know, this, I mean, making $50,000 in one week is completely different from making $50,000 on a project over two years, you know, so then we have to factor those costs also. And then that's why our goal is to get the project done as quickly as possible in the least amount of money possible. And that's where she's making the most money. No, it's uh, very smart, and then no wonder why it's working. Um, as we wrap up, where can people sign up for RE Simply? How can they get that CRM and get access to all this? Sure. Um, I mean, they can go to resimply.com, uh, and I believe we set up uh, a page with you guys, right? Resimply.com slash John or Prior Homes. I, I don't, uh, Prime Home. Yeah. So I'll I put the remember. link below yeah, so, so people can click yeah, on it. Yeah, so they can get, and if, if they sign up through that, they get 20% off the first month, which they don't if they go directly to our website. So, oh. uh, but even when they go directly to our website, we ask them, how did they hear about us? So if they put your name, they still get the 20% discount on the first month subscription. So I would say, yeah, so go to that link that you're gonna put in the uh, you know the show notes and, uh, and then go through that link, yeah. And then we offer unlimited onboarding support. So when people sign up, you know, we want to make sure they actually are getting value. So somebody from our team will reach out as soon as somebody signs up. Hey, uh, here's a link to our calendar. Let's set up an onboarding call and make sure your team or you are fully onboarded and understand how to use everything that we have to offer. And and that's another amazing feature that I, I took advantage of. And I, I was surprised at how much it helped is the onboarding and how you guys will also onboard somebody else for us. Like if yep, we're bringing on exactly. a team member or something, you'll do the same onboarding meeting with them uh, right. and show them pretty much the system. How does the system work? Yeah, exactly. All the things. It's amazing. Uh, amazing service. Yeah, I mean, lot, yeah, a lot of time we get featured requests for something that's already there and then yeah. people are not just aware of it. So 
so that's why we highly recommend doing an onboarding call. So this way we, you know where everything is and all the features that there are in the system that you can you know, get value from. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything at all. Yeah, no, it's it's by mm. far amazing and definitely something. If if you are a member, and as soon as you become a member of Ari Simply, you gotta schedule that meeting because even if you feel like you understand it, there's so many things that I didn't even know you guys had available. So I mean, right. that onboarding call was a huge, huge help for me. Um, right. So there you have it, guys. I mean, 20% off, that's a huge discount that you can get off the bat. So make sure you click on that link. And if other people wanted to get uh, reach out to you and get a hold of you, what, what's the best way if they had more questions or something like that? What's sure. the best way to reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, definitely reach out to our website, resimply.com. So we have a live chat. You can call us, text us, email us, uh, and then we're more than happy to you know, if you need a demo, if you have some questions that you need answered, we're more than happy to jump on a call and answer those questions for you. Like no application, just want to make sure it's the right fit. So we're not trying to push into one thing. I mean, yep. some people that we talk to, you know, it simply is not the right fit because they just, you know, they haven't even gotten started. So they don't maybe need the system right now. Yes. So they may just need to do certain things before they get to the point where they actually need a system, you know, manage the leads that they have. So... Yeah, I mean, like the best way is to go to our website and then, you know, chat, email, call, uh, whatever is most convenient. All right. Well, Sharad, well, I want to really thank you for your time. Uh, I've It was amazing the amount of things, the knowledge that you have and the mentality you have. It's uh, refreshing and I'm, I definitely, I've enjoyed this interview and I'm very happy I was able to speak to you because... Sure. Uh, it, you, your man. your values, your everything, the way you operate yourself and your life and your business, I think is a great lesson for everybody listening to definitely implement. So I wanted to thank you and thank you for being on our show. And, uh, you know, good luck with Ari Simply. You, me, you have me as a customer and as a, anytime you need testimonials, you know, I'm here for that. So thank you, man. No, thank really you for thank having you for me on the on. call, man. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. All right, sir. So thank you all for cool. watching. And make sure you sign up to Ari Simply. Use that promo code. You won't regret it. I'm telling you, it's the best CRM you out there. I've used it. I continue to use it. And I recommend the crap out of this CRM. It's, it's an amazing software. So thank you thank all for you. watching. And we'll definitely catch you all on the next one. Well... Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. A ton of value. And like I promised you, 20% discount if you sign up using that promo code. So you will not regret it. I'm telling you, we don't endorse anything. But this CRM is something that I don't think you're going to regret ever getting. So make sure you check it out. Uh, reach out to Sherrod or myself if you have any questions. We're here to help. And make sure to check out more of these videos that we're doing on as far as driving for dollars and everything as far as generating your own list and all of the marketing. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will catch you in the next one.